Welcome to Grafted In. In this episode, we will be looking at some hidden messages in the Torah. But first, let's ask ourselves, is the Old Testament important to us today? Does it mean anything to New Testament Christians? We will discover some things that are hidden within the Old Testament to possibly answer these important questions. And we will discover that the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed, and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. And, and let me explain that. Don't misunderstand uh, why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose, Matthew 5, 17. So what we're saying is everything in the Old Testament has the New Testament in it, but it's concealed. So that when we get to the New Testament, everything from the Old Testament is in it, now revealed. And that's what that was saying. It goes back to Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out the matter. It is God's privilege to conceal things and kings' privilege to discover them. That's the New Living Translation. So here are some hidden Torah messages from the Old Testament that are revealed in the New Testament. For instance... What is in a name? We find all throughout the Old Testament that names were actually very important. They meant things. And I'll give you a quick example. One is the name Methuselah. And if you don't know who Methuselah is, he was the oldest recorded living human in history. Now, his name comes from two Hebrew words, Muth, which is the root word that means death, and shalach, which means to bring or to send forth. So if you put those two together and meth shalach, it means his death shall bring or his death shall send forth. And you might be wondering, well, okay, that's well, well and good. What does it mean? Well, think about it. Methuselah, his name meant it was a promise that as long as he was alive, the flood would not come. And think about that for a minute. His name was a promise. As long as he was alive, the flood of Noah would not come. Had you ever heard of anything like that before? Well, in Genesis chapter 5, you can read the lineage and how many years from what to what. Uh, Methuselah was 187, and long came Lamech, and after Lamech came Noah. And from the time that Noah was born to the time the flood happened was 600 years. So 600 plus 182 
you get 782 plus 187 because Methuselah was 187 when Lamech was born. You add them all together, you get how old Methuselah was, 969 years. So right before the flood, Methuselah died. And then the flood happened, just like the prophecy within his name. His death shall bring. His death shall bring what? The flood, the flood of Noah. And we can see the same thing in all of the names in the genealogy in Genesis chapter 5. The genealogy starting from Adam, the very first man created, all the way down to Noah. And let's take a look at that genealogy and see what their names mean and see what kind of messages are hidden. And I'm going to go down the list very quickly, and you'll have to forgive the pronunciation, but here we go. As Adam, then Seth, then Enosh, then Canaan, Mahaliel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and then Noah. So let's take a look at them one by one and see what their names mean. All right, so if we start from the very beginning, literally, Adam, the first man, his name is from Hebrew, Adama, which means man, or the first man. Now, Adam in Aramaic and Hebrew, Adam literally means red, and there is an etymological connection between Adam and Adama, uh, designating red clay or red ground. Uh, it's a traditional Jewish theology, a strong etymological connection between the two words is often assumed. Now, there's also an additional relationship between the words Adam and Adama and the word Dam, D-A-M, in Hebrew, meaning blood. Well, obviously, if Adam, Adama, means red and Dam means blood, then red, blood. It justifies the, the presence and of the word blood and man and red, and it also talks about the blood that has to be slaughtered from an animal and sacrifices and returned to the ground and covered to the earth. So, that's Adam. Next in line is Seth. Seth means appointed, because Eve said, for God has appointed me another seed instead of Abel, who Cain killed, Genesis 4, 25. So literally, Seth's name came from Eve, who said, God appointed me another son. So the word Seth means appointed. And if we go back to it, it says Genesis 4, 25, Adam again got with his wife, and she gave birth to a son named Seth. Appointed or granted is the meaning. For God has appointed or granted me another son in place of Abel, who Cain killed. So we can clearly see that in that whole text and context. The next one is Enosh, which means mortal or frail or miserable. It's from the root word anosh, to be incurable used of a wound, a grief, woe, sickness, or wickedness. And you say, wait a minute, what does all that mean? Because I know it 
seems kind of strange that a mom <laughs> would name their kid Enosh, which means frail, miserable, or from the root word incurable, wound, grief, sickness, wickedness. I mean, wickedness, who would name their child as such? But Enosh has the name for the meaning mortal or frail or miserable for a specific reason and purpose that we will get to in just a little bit. The next one is Kenan, which means sorrow, dirge, or elegy. And you say, what in the world is dirge or elegy? <laughs> well, it is a noun that denotes a kind of sad poem, a dirge or lamentation, which both had to be fabricated and could presumably pierce a person's soul like a spear, which is an obvious biblical figure of speech, as in Luke 2.35. So dirge or elegy denotes some sort of lamentation. Next is Mahalil, which means blessed or praised, and the L at the end of the name, E-L, is actually what they use for the name of God, the blessed God. Now, the verb means to shine. It like what excited stars do, or praise and cheer loudly what excited souls do. It may even denote too much of a good thing with lifted hands. Now, that's a whole lot different than the previous two. <laughs> this kid was named in a positive note. The ones before him were really, really, really negative. Next in line is Jared, or in Hebrew, Yared. And it's from the verb Yad, meaning shall come down. And, and this verb, Yared, means to go down or descend, either literally down a mountain or figuratively away from a place of prominence. And we'll remember that in just a minute because it'll all put it together here in a little bit. And the next one, Enoch, which means uh, commencement or teaching. It is from the root word to inaugurate or train as for a formal ceremony. And then we get to Methuselah, which we've already explained. Uh, Muth, which means death, and then Shelah means shall bring or bring forth send forth, his death shall bring, is what it's commonly translated as. In Lemech, uh, the root, still evident today in our own English word, means lament or lamentation. And what that is, it's a fancy schmancy word for despairing or grief. Now, the verb means uh, to descend, like to bring low or to humiliate, because when you're humiliated, you're really despairing, and you're lamenting. So that's the connotation that it has. And last, before the flood, is Noah, which is derived from Naham, to bring relief or comfort, or comfort or rest. And that same word is used for the rest 
for the Sabbath. So when the Sabbath day comes and you're supposed to rest, that's the same root word. Now in Genesis 5, verse 29, it says, And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Now, you say, okay, we've had a bunch of names all the way from Adam to Noah, so, and you've said what they mean. Let's put it all together, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So I'm going to read it all once again straight from the literal translation. Then I'm going to give you a little bit better English words for it so we can make sense of it all. Adam, man, Seth, appointed, Enosh, mortal, Kenan, sorrow, Mahalel, the blessed God, Jared, shall come down, Enoch, teaching, Methuselah, his death shall bring, Lamech, the despairing, Noah, comfort, and or rest. Now, when you go down that list of names, and you go down their meanings, I'm going to make it into one big run-on sentence, and you'll understand why each name has a specific meaning, and you'll see all the way from Adam to Noah, the grand picture of God's design and the hidden message within the Torah here and the lineage. All right, from the beginning, man or earth or covered red blood is appointed or granted mortality, frailness, or sickness, sorrow that pierces the soul, but excited praise from the blessed God shall descend from high, teaching with a formal ceremony that his death shall bring the despairing or humiliated comfort or rest or Sabbath. Did you get all that? So if you wanted it quickly, from Adam to Noah, man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down, teaching his death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. Did you, did you hear that? From Adam to Noah, it was all part of God's design with the names of each one exactly his plan and what he was going to do that because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, man sinned, but God was going to come down from heaven and teach that his death will bring us the despairing comfort and rest through Jesus. And all that's there hidden within the Hebrew names of Adam through Noah. And I just think that is just, wow, that is so incredible that God is that specific in that design. And his message is right there, hidden in plain sight. So going back to the statement earlier that I first made, we can plainly see now when we talk about Jesus that the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed just like in those Hebrew names. And the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. 
And we see that revelation in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came. And we see the fulfillment of all the promises and, and bring the despairing comfort and rest. And it's all there, all by design, from the Old Testament in the New Testament. And it all goes, fits like a glove. Oh, it's just so wonderful. So since we kind of ended it there with Noah and the flood, let's pick it back up there and see where it goes from there. Now, when, it, when exactly did the flood end? Do we know? Ah, remember we said there are hidden messages within the Torah? Let's see what we can find out. So in Genesis chapter 8, verse 4, And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountain of Ararat. So it mentions specifically on the 17th day of the seventh month. Okay. And if you just read over that, you say, okay, 17th day of the seventh month, there it is. But no, 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 no. There's something hidden, something to be explored, something to be revealed right here within that text. What is it? Uh, let's find out together. The ark, when it rested on Mount Arat, meant new beginnings, new life, obviously, because Noah and his family was the only ones that were left. They were saved. So, Jesus is crucified on Passover, the 14th day of the month of Nisan. He's in the grave three days. He rose to new life on the 17th of Nisan. So Noah's new beginning on the planet, Earth, is the same day we anticipate a new life, a new beginning of the Messiah. Wait, 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 wait. Let, let me go back and say that one more time. The 17th day of the month of Nisan is when Noah began a new life. The 17th day of Nisan is when Jesus rose from the dead and began a new life, a new beginning. Are you catching this? Are you catching this? <laughs> Do you see where it's just hidden right there? And now it's revealed. It's hidden in the Old Testament, revealed in the New Testament. It's concealed. Now it's revealed. And it's awesome. The 17th of Nisan is when the earth got new life through Noah. The 17th of Nisan is when the earth got new life through Jesus, the Messiah. Let that sink in for just a minute. That's just so incredible. So now I'm going to show you how everything points to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Everything in the New Testament displays Jesus. So I'm going to show you how everything pointed to Jesus. From the whole beginning, from the Torah. And when we say Torah, we're talking about the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
All right, so starting with the book of Genesis, where we were talking about all the way from Adam to Noah. But starting with the book of Genesis, I'm going to show you something really, really cool that's hidden within the Torah. All right, starting with the book of Genesis, like I said, you start from the very beginning in Hebrew, and Hebrew is read from right to left, opposite of English. So if you read from right to left in Hebrew, and you count 49 letters, all right, you come, the first letter you come to after counting 49 is Tav, and you count 49 more, and you come to Vav, count 49 more, and Resh, 49 more, then He, and when you put those together, it spells out Torah. Wait, 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 say it again. You start in Genesis 1-1, and you count 49 letters. First one is Tav, 49 letters more, Bob, Resh, and Hey, and it spells out Torah. Yes, it does. Isn't that incredible? But wait, that's just the beginning. <laughs> yes, that's just the beginning. You say, well, let's do Exodus. And when you get to Exodus, it's the same way. Start with Exodus 1 and four, count 49 letters. You get the same thing. The T, the O, the R, the H spells out Torah. So Genesis spells out Torah every 49th letter. Exodus spells out Torah every 49th letter. What's the next book? Leviticus. But wait a minute. Nope. Not a match. Doesn't do it. You say, oh, see, it was just those two books. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Because wait till you see what's coming. So if we skip Leviticus for a second and go on to the next one, Numbers, the book of Numbers. Numbers 1-1, one, one, count 49 letters, we get an H. 49 letters, we get an R, 49 letters, we get an O, 49 letters, we get a T. H-R-O-T. And you say, what? What is that? It's Torah backwards. And you say, no way. Yes, it's Torah backwards. Because the first two, Genesis and Exodus, it's spelled out T-O-R-H. Now, numbers is H-R-O-T. And I'll explain why backwards here in just a minute. we got to get to the next book, which is Deuteronomy. And does it do the same thing? Deuteronomy 1.1, 1, 1, go 49 letters. It's an H, 49 letters, R, 49O, 49T. Same thing. Torah backwards. You say Torah backwards? Yes. Let me explain. <laughs> Remember how I said everything points to Jesus? Here's the explanation for it. In the Torah... Every 49 letters, it's 49 letter sequences. In Genesis and Exodus, it spells out Torah. Then in Numbers and Deuteronomy, it's Torah backwards. So, what it's doing is the first two books are pointing toward the one we skipped, which is Leviticus. Then Numbers and Deuteronomy is pointing back to Leviticus. Are you seeing what I'm saying? 
The Genesis and Exodus is pointing to Leviticus. Numbers and Deuteronomy is pointing back to Leviticus. That's why Torah is backwards. And you say, okay, if the first two are pointing toward it, and then the next two are pointing back to it, what's so special about Leviticus? I'm glad you asked. Let's find out. Now, Leviticus, if you count in intervals of seven, the holy number seven, that's right, go seven letters and you'll get Y. Seven letters more, H. Seven letters more, W. Seven letters more, H. And you say, Y, H, W, H, that's the name for God, Yahweh, or Yehovah. The name for God. Every seven letters will spell out the name of God. And if you add, it, it comes out to those four consonants, and then when you add Three, the perfect trinity number three, vowels to it of E, O, and A, you come up with the name, the name, the actual name of God Almighty, which is Yehovah. Did, did you get <laughs> what I'm saying here? The first two books, Genesis and Exodus, Spell out Torah every 49 letters, pointing to Leviticus. Numbers and Deuteronomy spell Torah backwards to point back towards Leviticus, because in Leviticus, every seven letters spells out the name of God. So everything points to God. And you say, well, I thought you said it pointed to Jesus. Yes, it does, because the name of God, Yehovah, is the same root word from which we get our Savior, Jesus. Now, in English, it's Jesus, but in Hebrew, it's Yeshua. That's right, Yehovah, Yeshua. Do you understand? Do you hear what I'm saying? Genesis and Exodus points to Leviticus, the dead center of it all. The dead center of it all is God, Jesus. Jesus, Yehovah, Yeshua, Yeshua, God with us, Emmanuel. Numbers in Deuteronomy points back to the center, which is Leviticus, God with us, Yeshua, Yehovah. Did you see that? Did you get that? That just sent chills down my spine. That is so incredible. And if you want to go just a little bit deeper into this, it's a foreshadowing. Everything in the Old Testament foreshadows what happened in the New Testament. When God with us, Yeshua, was hanging on a cross, he hung between two thieves, one on his left, one on his right, Let's say the one on the left was Genesis and Exodus, and it points right to the middle, Jesus on the cross. And the one on the right was Leviticus or 
uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy, pointing back to the center, Leviticus, which is Jesus, the name of God, God with us. Everything points to Jesus. Everything becomes one in him. Now those same two thieves on the cross, one on each side, one would be the Jewish Old Testament, one would be the Gentile New Testament, both pointing to the center, the center of it all, Yehovah, Yeshua. Are you understanding that? <laughs> the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed, and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've seen what I've seen here. I'm trying to describe it the best way I can, that these things that are hidden within the Torah but are revealed, and when you see the meanings of the names and see what it all points to, that it, it just, all you can do is praise, and all you can do is worship, and all you can do is thank the Lord, and, and be grateful for what he has done and who he is, God with us. And for all of this that I wanted to share with you, that everything points to him, everything is from him, everything is about him, because he is the name above all names, and at his name every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess to the glory of God. That's what I wanted to share with you. That's what I wanted you to know. And with that, I bid you shalom.